I'm actually sharing on something that I've been thinking about since I checked my journal, the 11th of December. And I journaled on this verse in Galatians, and I cannot get it out of my brain. And it's taken me this long to figure out why, which is fantastic for me when you're writing a message and you think, I just want to know what, what this is. Why is it speaking to me? Why is this so important to me? And it takes you until 4 p.m. the Saturday before to realize that it's because it speaks to probably the largest most pivotal moment in your testimony journey with Christ that you ever had, which is so ironic that it took me so long to figure that out. And that's what I'm going to share on tonight. But the verse was in Galatians 6.15. And it says this. Now, you're going to have to come on the journey with me. But it says this. Circumcised or uncircumcised, neither matters. What matters is the new creation. And that has stuck with me. What matters is the new creation. And I don't know about you, but for me, growing up, I grew up with Christian parents. We went to church every Sunday. Uh, They encouraged me to pray and talk to God. And so I grew up with this dialogue with God. For me, it was like, hey, God, how's it going? Oh, I did not like school today. Mom gave me ham again. And I just, you know what I mean? Like, very childlike. I just grew up talking to God as if he was uh, just a friend. And it was so simple until I made it into my teenage years. That's when my journey with faith got a little bit more difficult because that's when I find other people start getting involved with your relationship with God. And it was this one person in particular when I was about 14, I believe, that started addressing, uh, they were an older person in our church, and they started addressing behavior that they saw with me they didn't like with this phrase, you're not a real Christian if you do that. You're not a real Christian. Has anyone ever heard that before? Interesting that You would tell a 14-year-old that you're not a real Christian if you do that. Or maybe some of us have heard, you're not a real Christian if you don't do this. And there was a point for me where I, I had been going all right. But one day they said it to me. And it was speaking into an insecurity that I had that was so deep that it just broke me. It was like, you're not a Christian if you do this. And for me, I was like, I'm doing this because I'm hurting, because I don't feel secure. And that made me come to this point with God for the first time where I thought, maybe I'm not a real Christian. Maybe I can't do this. Maybe I'm not cut out for this, if this is what it takes. And I remember being so upset. (laughs) And I went home and i just cried in the bathroom. And I remember, because I had that dialogue with God, I was like, I'm so sorry. I just don't think I could be a Christian. Maybe if I could figure it out, I could. But even if I could, I'm not sure I want to be like that person who's talking to me like that. There was just this overwhelming sense of almost grief for me that I had to struggle with. And I think it's not that uncommon of a story. I think each of us has had a moment when it comes to do with faith where we've either thought we can't because of what we've done or what we're doing, we're not welcome, we're not invited, that we're not going to be accepted or about ourselves, or maybe we've even thought that of someone else. You know, maybe someone said to you, you can't be a Christian when you're doing that. 
What, what are you going on about? You can't be a Christian if you're not doing this. Or maybe you've even been that voice in someone's life saying, you need, to, you need to sort this out if you want to be right with God. And that can come from a genuine sweet spirit. Hey, can we recognize that? Sometimes people just genuinely are worried that you might miss out on what God has for you. But I think it's a bit of a myth, if I'm honest, this idea of the real Christian. I'm not so sure that it exists. And so tonight what I want to talk about is busting that myth, the myth of the real Christian. So everyone, can you do these? Everyone do these? Okay, the real, you've got to do it in the right place, otherwise it doesn't work. The real Christian. Okay, good. We're on board. Ah, I have just had a brain explosion. And the reason, sorry, I just had this moment where I was like, yes, that is what we want to explore. I was going to tell you that the reason we came up with it was me, Kate and Nicole had a little interns planning night last night that turned into a help Sarah with her message prep night as well. Um, And Nicole was like, do you know what this is like? This is like Mythbusters. And I was like, you're right, Nicole. Has anyone seen Mythbusters? Yes. They find a myth, they put it to the test, and then they tell you whether it's true or not. And that is why I walk in the rain and do not run, if anyone saw that episode. (laughs) Apparently, you get less wet if you walk in the rain compared to running. I'm not super sure if that's true. But what we are going to look at tonight is this myth of the real Christian. (laughs) And so I want to take you through this journey in Galatians because this isn't the first time that the church or people in general have struggled with this concept. In fact, a lot of the New Testament is addressing the fact that people were confused about what it meant to be a Christian, what it meant to be right with God. And so what's happening in this book that we're going to go through is Paul has essentially established a church in a place called Galatia. And he set it up, and then he's gone on his way to continue establishing churches. But what's happened is there's then been a disagreement between old thinking and new thinking. We have the Jewish people, some of the Jewish leaders that were used to living under the law of Moses, Mosaic law. They had customs and traditions that had to be upheld to be right with God. And then we had the Gentile believers, everyone who wasn't a Jew that was newly coming to faith, that was coming on this promise of freedom and a hope and a Christ who would accept, people, accept them. And then they were meeting this obstacle. The Jew, some people were telling them, you can't be a Christian and you still have to follow these Jewish laws. And this was such a big problem in the church. And so Paul writes this letter to Galatians to specifically address this issue. And so we're going to go through and see what his guidance was to them in that time. Because I think it's so so relevant to the way we experience it today. And so we're going to start in chapter 2. And this is just after Paul's highlighted an issue he had with Peter, one of the apostles. Essentially, if you want to... Paul's not very nice in this letter. If you enjoy watching in the Bible people get roasted, you will enjoy Galatians, I can tell you. But essentially, Peter was traveling and he was eating with the Gentiles. And all of a sudden, some of the Jewish people had an issue with this. They said, you're eating with people who aren't circumcised, who aren't following our laws. And so he stopped. And the Jewish people who weren't judging saw him 
and followed his pattern and stopped accepting believers. And so Paul just pretty much tells him he should not be doing that at all and he's living in a false gospel. But we carry on from there. In verse 16, he says this, Yet we know that a person is made right with God by faith in Jesus Christ, not by obeying the law. But suppose we seek to be made right with God through faith, and then we're found guilty because we've abandoned the law. Would that mean that Christ has led me to sin? Absolutely not. Rather, I am a sinner if I rebuild the old system of law I already tore down. I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless, for if keeping the law could make us right with God, then there was no need for Christ to die. It's like Paul is saying the whole point of the cross was so that this would not be an issue. He's saying if the law was going to help you, it would have already, and Christ would not have come and died on the cross. And it's this moment where I think, can you imagine living in that revelation? That for the first time in history, it did not matter what race you were, what... what um, gender you were, what social class you were, whether you were educated, whether you knew the language, whether you knew the customs and traditions, the only thing in the way of you meeting Jesus was faith. And for the first time, people had free access to that. And Paul's saying, this is the point. This is how it's meant to be. No one's supposed to be held back from God. That's why Jesus came. And yet it's us who seem to be less willing to risk the traditions that might be in place even to honor God than he was to just see people come and know him, come and experience his love. We were the ones who were afraid to put the tradition, the laws aside. God wasn't worried. He was like, get rid of it. Have faith. Come follow me. That's all I'm looking for. And this is why it's good news. It's not good news to find out someone saved you but all you have to do is follow every Mosaic law in existence to completeness. That is not a good day for you. That is not the best news, especially when you see one of the main issues they're talking about is circumcision. Now, I personally don't have a comment on that, but if that... (laughs) If you, I'm assuming, wanted to come to Christ and they were like, yeah, there's just this one thing. Okay, that is not... I'm assuming you're going to have an issue. This is why, this is my explanation for why this is the hotly debated topic in Galatians. But you know, it makes me wonder that why are we so afraid to let go of it when God wasn't? You know, why are we holding on to something that God came to set us free from? And so I want to do a bit of a disclaimer at this point. Because sometimes you just need a disclaimer. And it's that having freedom and having salvation through faith isn't a license to just run around and do whatever we want. I feel like it needs to be said. I feel like it just needs to be addressed because we need to be wise. You know, our freedom was given to us so that we could use it well. And I think the biggest thing is God saying, your salvation is not a carrot I'm going to dangle over you so that you behave. Your salvation is what I give to you because I love you and you're my creation. When I tell you to do these things, it's because I want you to do well in life. And I think when you truly experience me, you're going to want those 
these things for yourself. And so that is my disclaimer. In verse 13, it says, Do not use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Use your freedom to serve one another in love. So can I encourage you? You know, we're going to talk a lot tonight about being saved by faith, but let's be wise with our freedom. Let's not waste it. And so we're going to continue into chapter 6 and look at this last part that Paul writes. And I love this part because the first verse says, Notice what large letters I use as I write these closing words with my own handwriting. And I love that because I like that Paul Scribe was listening to him and he's writing and he's like, huh, stop. I must write this myself in big letters. And that is why, that is how they're going to understand it. I just love that that verse is in the Bible so, so much. But that's how he starts. Notice I'm writing these closing words, big letters, personal handwriting. And he says this. Those who are trying to force you to be circumcised want to look good to others. They don't want to be persecuted for teaching that the cross of Christ alone can save. And even those who advocate circumcision don't keep the whole law themselves. They want you to do this so they can boast about it and claim you as their disciples. As for me, may I never boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus. Because of that cross, my interest in this world has been crucified and the world's interest in me has also died. It does not matter whether we've been circumcised or not. What matters is whether we've been transformed into a new creation. And may God's peace and mercy be upon all who live in this principle because they are the new people of God. Yeah. I feel like there's so much in this that we already know, if that makes sense. There's so much in this that as believers, uh, we would say we understand. But sometimes I think that just because we know something doesn't mean we're living in its truth. We might hear something and agree with it, but I just think that the fact that there's a part... It's unavoidable to see that the church has not fully embraced this. It's unavoidable. You, you can't say the church is this open, loving, beautiful place across the world where everyone is accepted because of their faith. And that is a tragedy. Not here, though, because we love everybody. But it is a real thing. And I think each of us struggles with that on a personal level. Each of us does really struggle with that. And so what does all of this mean? And for me, it lands with this. Christianity isn't harder than these two things. Having faith in Jesus and determining to live a life like him. And by having faith in him, I mean trusting that he is enough for you. Settle it in your heart. When he died on the cross, you were saved. You have been welcomed. You have been made right with God. Can we settle that? Can we embrace that? Can we wake up in the morning excited that that is the God that we know? That is the God who created us? That's worth being excited for. I don't care what happened in 2020. In 2021, I know that I'm right with God because I believe in Him and He loves me. And I don't need to do anything else to receive that. But it also means trusting that He's enough for others to have faith. No, I think a lot of us can unintentionally push people away because we're fearful 
that God is not enough for them. And that to me says that we maybe haven't fully accepted it for ourselves. Because when we truly embrace that, that God could just love me that much, that my faith in him was enough, that's when we start to see it in others. You can't look at another person and go, God's not enough for you. You just can't. And so if you, maybe you're here tonight and you would ask how to have faith. I feel like it's a word we use a lot, but I think sometimes people aren't sure. But it's really simple. In Romans 10 verse 17, it says, Faith comes from hearing, that is hearing the good news about Christ. Listening and reading and learning about the fact that Jesus loves you. Moments like this, he wants nothing other than you to understand how much he loves you. That is the good news. That's how you develop faith. It's by understanding the character and the nature of God. And that's why we read our Bibles. And the second one that I mentioned, determining to live like him. Now, that's not a like, prerequisite to salvation. I'm not saying the second part is you have to live like Jesus. What I'm saying is that when we have a real faith, it causes us to want to live like him. It creates a change in us. You can't continue. When you have a genuine experience with God, you want to know what he has for you. Because for a God who is so humble that he would rather set aside the traditions, the customs, the law, the rules, just to see you come to know him. I've lost my point in the middle of it. But do you understand what I'm saying? You know, we have a God that is so humble that he pushed everything aside to have you. That creates a change in our lives, and it should lead us wanting to do that for others. The last and final big moment of Jesus' life was ensuring that no one would ever stumble when it came to having a relationship with him. And we should be determined to live a life that does the same, a life that opens the doors, never, ever closes them. And it's... So simple. In Galatians 5.14, it says, anyway, the law can be summed up in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. You know, God is enough for you. The cross was enough for you. And it's enough for that person that you worry about. It's enough for that family member who hasn't come to faith yet, that friend who hasn't come to faith yet, the people that you see that you worry about. God is enough for them. Don't stress. Just be the person that makes the way. Be the person that reminds them that they're enough. Be the person that actually speaks life and lets them know. Because some people have no idea that God just wants them to have faith. And that should be our mission. And so I just have a few questions to ask us so that we can think about this concept. And the first question is this. Does my self-talk reflect the true gospel of Jesus, especially when I don't get things right. When I'm not doing too well, what is my self-talk like when it comes to God? Because that is going to reveal to you how well you understand this truth. Do I need to spend more time building my faith by hearing and reading the good news of Jesus? You know, do nights like tonight remind you of why God's so incredible, of how Unique it is to be loved for no other reason than you exist. That's phenomenal. Am I focused on the new creation, on who I've become, or am I focused on who I once was? 
Am I stuck in the past? Have, am I not counting what's happening now? Am I not counting what's happened since God has come into my life? Am I looking at what used to be an issue for me or maybe still is an issue for me, but that's not the point. There's a new creation. God has entered in and he's walking that journey with you. So let's focus on who we've become, who we're becoming. You know, have I been rebuilding the law by putting the do's and don'ts before people? I think that's a big one. I think that sometimes in our effort to love people, we actually do the opposite. And it's a fear thing. It's a fear thing. And is my motivation pure when I offer guidance to another person on their lifestyle or behavior? Or am I afraid for their salvation? Because how compelling is it to tell someone you're scared that God can't accept them? That's not that's not a compelling gospel. If you're fearful that God won't accept them, imagine what they're thinking God is thinking. You're not perfect by any means. God is. And that's why it's so profound for someone to learn that God actually sees them. He loves them. And even if they never changed another thing, that was worth him dying on the cross. That was worth you being made right with him. And you know, for me, in that moment of my testimony, that was the point where I was like, I'm not sure I can do this. I'm not sure this real Christian thing is going to pan out in my life. But in that moment, and it's probably one of the few moments I've ever heard God speak to me, like literally. And I remember just being at that point going, I can't do it. I'm so sorry. I don't know why. I obviously... I don't know. I thought I was the only one having this issue. And so clearly I just heard the word, that's not me. It's not me. And I just, do you know what I mean? That moment when you realize that biggest fear that you have is not God speaking. It's someone else. It's the world. It's the devil. It's whatever's trying to keep you away from being made right with God. But it doesn't exist. And so I'd wonder if you would all stand tonight as we finish. Because I want to pray for us, if we could all close our eyes. I want to pray for anyone here tonight who's maybe already a Christian or been on this journey and has really felt that condemnation, like they just don't measure up, like they might not be made right with God because of their actions, past, present, or future. I really want to pray for you tonight. And if that's you, I'd encourage you, maybe just take a step of faith and raise your hand because I'd love to know who I'm praying for. Father God, we just thank you for who you are, simply just who you are. And the fact that you chose to come and die, not just so that we could be saved, but that we could be saved with no other requirement other than to have faith in you, faith that you love us, faith that you love us exactly how we are with no changes in Jesus' name. And you know, if you're here tonight while our eyes are closed and our heads are bowed, God sees your heart. And if you maybe tonight have heard about God in this way for the first time, maybe you've never realized that he doesn't want more from you than just truly who you are. And that faith in your heart that's welling up that I know God's there. I know there's something more for me, but I'm just not sure if I measure up. If that's you, I'd love to pray for you. Because this is a moment where you can choose to step into a journey with God. You can choose to say, actually, I am enough and I want to know what it's like to be on a journey with you. And so if that's you tonight, I just encourage you in this moment 
of privacy to raise your hand. I'd love to pray alongside you. And I'll just give it one moment, but just take this time to really settle in your heart right now that God, He loves you. And He loves you so much that all He asks is that you believe the fact that He loves you. And so, Father God, for anyone in this room right now who's raised their hands or in their heart just knows that this is for them, that you're calling out to them, they can feel that stirring. I pray that you would be with them, Father God. I pray that you would just become very real to them in this moment, that your love, that your grace, that your mercy would just fill their hearts, God, that they would know how unique and how important they are to you, Father God. I pray that you would just still in them a sense of peace that they are enough in Jesus name amen and you know guys I just really wanted to encourage you you know we're at the start of a new year it's 2021 and so many of us know God so many of us know people who don't know God or maybe we're in this room and we don't but can we settle the issue the real Christian is just the person who chooses to have faith that they were enough for Jesus, that they were enough, that they were worth saving. So let's settle that here right now and wake up every morning determined to be thankful for the God that we serve, hey?